Coming up on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, the Cougars complete their season series with Gonzaga and now wait to see how the stretch run schedule unfolds. We'll talk it up with the coach and Connor Harding next. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Cougar Nation, we welcome you back inside the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo for another edition of BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, hashtag Pope Show on Twitter. Glad you're with us for another hour of inside stuff on Cougar Hoops coming up on tonight's show. We will look back at last week's win at Portland and last night's game with number one Gonzaga. Tonight's Cougar Q&A is senior guard Alex Barcelo. Deep blue tonight featuring Gideon George, while Connor Harding will join us live from the BYU Basketball Annex later on in the show. Let's start the show by saying hello to head coach Mark Pope. Hello, head coach Mark Pope. How you doing, brother? I'm great. It's always good to be with you. We are, are we allowed to say that we're in a new studio? We can let people know that. Yeah. We're in Studio B. We're in Studio A. We're in Studio A. Yeah. We used to be in Studio C. But as far as the viewer's concerned, can they tell the difference? They cannot. You still look spectacular. It's the magic of television, you equally. Yeah. Okay. So I am constantly in awe of how professional you are and just like, <laughs> but just the way you phrase that, um, we're going to take a look back at the win last week against Portland and the game, the game. against the number yeah. one yeah. Zags. <laughs> Genius! Yeah, yeah. I love it, man. I, freak, I love it. I'm so grateful. Well, you know, it, it's accurate, though. Is it not it accurate? It is accurate. It yeah. is 100% accurate. Yeah. Uh, two games uh, for us to review on tonight's show, as Coach uh, mentions. The one on the road and the one at home. Uh, we start in the Pacific Northwest with uh, what was supposed to be uh, the second game of a two-game road swing last week, ended up being a one-off in Portland. Uh, highlights and stats presented here by Intermountain Healthcare. This was the win. This was the win at Portland. BYU and uh, Portland at the Childs Center on a, uh, on a misty, gray day in Portland. We talked about this, uh, I don't know, a couple shows ago about my nightmares about Bobby Sharp. Yes, yes. Bobby Sharp was not in the building. He was not walking through that door. I was very grateful for that, and it was, a, it was actually a really interesting road trip because we had done a full prep on San Diego. We're driving, uh, uh, actually pulling into the gym for shoot-around that morning, and we got word that the game was canceled. And so it turned into a four-day road trip for one game. And um, it always makes you nervous when your game prep changes. But our guys responded in an unbelievable fashion, had a really convincing win. Ended up being a special game. Could you speak just really briefly as we watch these highlights to the mental challenge of getting ready for games that don't get played and then switching the gear to get ready for the next one? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's actually a heavy, bur- it's a heavy load. I, I know it, it's, it might be hard to understand, but... Um, as you see Caleb Lohner going to work, he's just confidence is growing and growing and growing. So is Gideon George. They both had uh, an, uh, another uh, set of breakout performances in this game. Um, but it, it's a real challenge because you kind of get yourself to an emotionally heightened place uh, as well as kind of doing all the homework and the, the on-court prep, uh, kind of digesting all the information from a scout. And then it's just taken away from you. And you don't get the emotional kind of uh, f- finality of actually playing the game. So it's a different situation. Hopefully we don't face it too many more times. All the emotions were positive here in Portland as BYU kept pulling away in this one. By the time it was all over, BYU had its largest away victory margin in the Division I era at 105-60, to 60, a 45-point win over the Portland Pilots. Taking that four-day trip, 
and making it pay off in the end. Yeah, I was really proud of our guys' focus. And, and uh, you know, to Portland's credit, they tried to guard us a bunch of different ways, and they're one of the few teams that's really made an effort to zone us a little bit. And we've we've had unbelievable success against zones this year, and our, our offensive efficiency and points per possession is really high, and it continued to be really high in this game as the guys really played with force and shared the ball and pushed it in transition. They had a really terrific uh, performance all around, not only on the offensive but the defensive side of the ball. And it was a quad four game for BYU, and so it didn't really help the strength of schedule too much that night. But the way you played, your metrics got a nice boost, even in a quad four situation. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a it's an interesting challenge right now with the metrics, both in Ken Palm and in the net, and most of the metrics. Um, it's not so much. It's not so heavily weighted on the score differential at the end of the game, but it's weighted heavily on your offensive and defensive efficiency, which is a backdoor way to talk about the score differential. And so, and these numbers really matter. They really number matter in your seating and they matter going forward. And, and so you, you, you have to play the best basketball you can play for 40 minutes and be the most effective you can to give yourself, your team, a chance to, to kind of compete in the metrics. And the guys certainly did that uh, on the road against Portland. And we'll get to Gonzaga in a bit. But conversely, uh, because of how good Gonzaga was, uh, you, you, when you hold them to a, you know, a 1.08, whatever it was, that's a good result against a team of that caliber. Yeah, I mean, it's just so painful to talk about, isn't it? Because it's about winning and losing. Yeah. Um, and that's what it should be. But just, just like I said, because of the metrics we deal with, yeah. All those other things matter. You can't let them be a distraction from winning and losing because ultimately that's what matters the most. But is the second tier really important factor? All these things matter, and it's something you take in consideration, of course, uh, every time you go compete. And, uh, you know, 45-point wins on the road are a rarity. Uh, the fact that it never happened, at, you know, at BYU in the Division One era speaks to just how unusual it is to just go put it on someone like that. Yeah, and you know, you know how greedy I am about, like, claiming history. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I, I love it. I, I, you know, I love the fact, every, you know, our guys have laid claim to, to several different things this year in terms of kind of all-time history at BYU. And so the fact that they get to put that in their pocket, too, I think is really special. I think it's, as, a, as an athlete, again, secondary to winning and secondary to achieving your goals uh, through the course of a season. Um, these things that you pick up along the way that you got to get to pin your, your team's name in the record books are pretty special. And, and our guys deserved it because they had to earn it for sure. Uh, a hungry Portland team, a team that was very capable of scoring the ball, I think scored 88 against, uh, against uh, Gonzaga at home. Um, and a team that had given us problems in the first half here. Uh, and after a really weird road trip and a weird week, the guys came uh, prepared and, and Played great. I know we have to get to Gonzaga here in a second, but just a quick word about the Gideon George breakout we saw at Portland with his first start resulting in 19 and 13. No turnovers, three assists, all-around great game. Yeah, he was absolutely terrific. Uh, And, I mean, you get a sense, like everybody, it's not hard to see um, the potential that he has. And and us finding the right, best positions to put him in where um, he can can, – perform on the positive side of things is really important and he stepped up the plate it was his first start of his division one college career and he certainly came came through and played really really well I'm super proud of him and we're going to see bigger and bigger things as as we move forward with Gideon George and Caleb Lohner and then 
you know, we had so many great performances by so many different guys in that game. Gideon's second career start came last night against number one Gonzaga. The Zags in town to take on BYU. Ninth time all-time BYU taken on a number one team. And the five of the nine after last night were against a conference colleague, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And as was the case in Spokane, Coach, uh, they got off to a strong start. Yeah, they really did. Um, you know, they started small, which I don't, I don't know. They hadn't done recently. I don't know if they've done it all season. Uh, and they started small with a purpose. They were going to get out and run. And, um, and, you know, we had a tough time responding. You know, we turned the ball over three out of the first four possessions and five out of the first seven. And that just, it just is, it's tough. Um, and, you know, our guys were trying. I think they came in with a, with a decent mindset and a combination of the, the Zags' length and, and uh, their pace. And uh, it just took us a minute to kind of find our way into the game. Cougs hung around in this one. Again, it was the early double-digit deficit, but uh, there, were, there, were, there were points in the game when it did get to single digits for you. I was really proud of our guys' fight. Um, you know, there, there were a lot of moments where, you know, we could have just packed it in and said, hey, this is not really our night, uh, and they refused to do that. Um, and, and so I was really proud of that. We had a couple stretches where we just, we just didn't have the right kind of spirit and energy, but for the most part, the guys really stuck together and fought, and I was proud of that. Jalen Suggs, highest-ranked high school recruit ever to commit to Gonzaga, had a great game and a really nice second half. Gideon George has hit threes, I think, in five of his last six games now. It's a, a part of his game. Alex Barcelo really looking for a shot last night. Yeah, Alex was really aggressive, and we need him to be uh, even more than his shot. I thought his driving lines were incredibly physical and really, really effective, and he, he purchased a lot of space and time and kind of Gonzaga was in a, in a St. Mary's cover or retreating kind of ball screen defense for most of the night, and so that ended up in him getting a bunch of kind of pull-up twos and floaters, and he was able to convert on a lot of them. You know, the game felt like it was slipping away. We were down 21, and the guys made a nice run and kind of pulled it back to within, within uh, fighting distance at 10, and then we just, we just, couldn't, we just couldn't kind of get over the 10-point the, the hump. But um, we, got, we have better basketball than us. We can play better. Um, you know, I thought our performance was better here than it was uh, in Spokane, and, and, and I think you know, hopefully we get one more chance at the Zags. We'll have to earn it, but hopefully get one more chance to them in whatever exists of a conference tournament, and, and uh, we can play better than we did here. So thanks to a couple of free throws in the final six seconds, Gonzaga wins by 11, making it 16 straight wins by double digits uh, for the Zags. It was a nine-point game until the closing seconds. It went, ended up being 11. It's a trivial thing, but they have the longest streak for a number one team of consecutive wins by 10 or more points since that 1990-91 UNLV team. Yep. It's so frustrating. I mean, it's, it's every single time we turn around, the Zags have another, another <laughs> streak that we've got to find out and, and find a way to break. And, um, you know, they're, they're an incredibly talented team, and they, they come at you with so many different weapons. And, and, and uh, you know, obviously – they build a great program, and, and Fuey does an unbelievable job coaching them. And we got to find answers. We, we, see, the tur- we see the turnover number there, uh, 16 up in Spokane, 19 last night. And the points off of turnovers ended up being decisive, Coach. Over the two games, Zags were plus 35 in the points off of turnovers. Yeah, you know, 19 turnovers, especially to, to start the game the way we did. I mean, once we kind of caught our balance, you know, we felt like we could kind of go toe-to-toe with them. But... You know, when you, just, when you just turn over the ball the way we did in the first, and it was everybody. I mean, it was, you know, um, we just had some miscues, random things. Like, a, you know, our second possession of the game is, a, is just a two-man game handoff that we've done a thousand times, and somehow the, the ball ends up, 
you know, slipping through Alex's hands and hitting him in the head and bouncing off us and down the other end. And, uh, you know, a two-man game with Brandon Averett and Matt Harms rolling hard where we choose a bounce pass instead of throwing it over the top, which is what we do normally. And, um, you know, Gideon George gets called for the travel early, uh, which on film, it doesn't look like yeah. it's a travel. It just looks really awkward, but it's a one-two step uh, shot. Um, and, you know, it just kind of, it just kind of was, you know, it was just um, little areas of the game that we just have to be more solid and more disciplined. Now, credit the Zags with a lot of that. I mean, they're long and they're athletic and they put some pressure on you in all kinds of different ways. And um, we just need to respond better. Uh, I think we made some progress, not enough to, to get what we wanted, but we're growing every day. Uh, and we certainly learned a ton from that game as my guys would verify uh, after our two-hour film session today before <laughs> practice. How did your approach to the game change? Because I think after the first game, you mentioned, yeah, I would probably do some things differently in the way I built yeah. it up. How did you change it this time around? So we, were, we, we wanted to be way more aggressive in transition. Uh, we wanted to really push the ball harder. Uh, we kind of refined some of our ball screen defense coverage, and we started a, a very different lineup, a very different feel lineup, actually, as well as they did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so both teams made adjustments uh, to try and attack that. We tried to shore up uh, some things. They had kind of slowed us down. Um, you know, we have a flow. Uh, you know, we call it a flow uh, where we get to in kind of our continuity offense, and they kind of jumped out to an Aggie uh, deny, a switching Aggie deny, and that has slowed us down at Gonzaga. So we worked on some ways changing that. We, we went from uh, really heavy kind of sideball actions to, to more at the middle of the floor, which comes with positives and negatives. And fortunately, our guards did an unbelievable job with really forceful driving lines. So, you know, there's a hundred adjustments that you make trying to figure things out, and they just didn't work quite well enough for us. Last night's game was BYU's 20th game of the season, which takes us to our feature Inside the Numbers, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. So how many teams have actually played 20 and won at least 15? Well, only 10. Uh, BYU is one of 10 teams right now that have played at least 20 games and won at least 15 of them. Coach, and in this season, as we all know, just getting the games played is a victory in and of itself. And then to win as many as you have, 75% of your games put you in some pretty exclusive company right now. Yeah, it's, um, we, one, we've been really, really fortunate. Two, our guys have been really, really diligent. Um, and, and, and we're really proud of that. You know, I told you, you know, we talked about it, we, you know, we had a... It was a long day today. And, um, when you talk about the film session being like upwards, you, you were not. Yeah, maybe, it was maybe an hour and a half. And, and then, That's and then longer we, than normal. Right? And then we had a long practice. Yeah. And, um, and, and the guys are hungry for it. Like, you know, they're not, of course, we're, we're, um, you just want to fix things, right? And, and these guys know they still have the tank. But, but we started out the meeting by talking about, listen, we're in an unbelievable spot. You know, these guys, are, these guys have earned themselves a top 30 position by, by, by every metric that matters in the country, uh, terrain that, you know, we, we've seen one time in the last decade here at BYU. Like, we're in a great position. This is a really, really talented team. You know, you posted, thank you for the information, because I, I really get all my, my analytics from you. But as you posted today, you know, in, in the four kind of most important things, offensive and defensive efficiency and offensive and defensive effective field goal percentage, we're one of four teams that's, that's balanced enough to be in the top 50 in the country in all four of those categories. Um, so what these guys are doing is extraordinary. We should feel really good about that. But it's time right now where the teams that are going to put together really special seasons are going to take a big step forward. 
And the teams that are going to have good seasons are just going to kind of stay where they are. You know, everyone's progressed through the course of the season, and it's time for us to take a big step. And, and our guys, are, they, they just want it so bad. And so um, that's, what, that's our goal. Our goal is to take another big step forward, and, and today was, uh, was terrific progress. We're grateful to the Zags for exposing things we need to continue to work on. You've alluded to that uh, top 30 positioning. That'll take us to our resume check right now, where we see that in a lot of the most important metrics, BYU has that solid top 30 positioning right now. And we're going to compare it to where BYU was when we last did the show uh, last Tuesday to see that in you know, essentially all of them, uh, you're up by a decent margin. And uh, this is a great place to be uh, right now. It's, 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 it's a tournament-worthy resume right now. Yeah, for sure. And we feel good about that. And, of course, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a priority for us is having a chance to go play and go make some progress and, and get something done in the tournament. We, we want so badly to be there. And we, got, you know, we have a couple weeks of crucially, vitally important work to do. And the way we're going to get that done is we're going to keep getting better every day. And I was proud of our guys' focus today. Bracketology update. And these things update almost daily. And you see yourself in that 8-9 uh, that seed territory, somewhere in the 30s on the S-curve. Again, a good spot to be. It's, it says that you're comfortable. Um, and, and, of course, you, know, you mentioned the big step forward the team can still take. There's room to move right now. Yes, there is. And we, and we, and we also have a ceiling. Like we have a, we have a ceiling that we haven't come close to yet. And so that's exciting. It means we can get better, and, and we got a good locker room to do it. All right, that is our first segment of tonight's show, wrapping it up from the last week. And, well, we're waiting for what's to come next. We'll hit that in the next segment as well. For your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Tomorrow, the guys will chat with new new BYU offensive line coach Daryl Funk when we come back. Deep Blue, profiling Gideon George. And later, we'll chat with Connor Harding live. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Intermountain Healthcare, always here for you. Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Smith's, fresh for everyone. And by Deseret News. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. Well, with the season-ending schedule somewhat in flux after this week's postponements with St. Mary's and San Diego and a previous postponement with San Francisco, let's see exactly where the WCC teams all stack up right now. It's at Know the Foe, presented by Qualtrics. We take a look at our WCC standings, and again, Coach, we are struck by just the great variance in number of games and number of conference games played, and, and uh, it's all over the place right now. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like you look at Santa Clara at three and two, and you know they 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 were supposed to play Thursday Saturday. It looks like they're going to lose both their Thursday and Saturday game too. And yeah. so um, it's just as uh, it's been it's been super challenging for everybody. And and um, and but you can't you know you just got to keep keep hitting it hard and and uh, keep trying to win games and and things will work out for themselves. What do you know about what the league plans to do or would plan to do relative to seeding? for a conference tournament if the number of games played and results are unbalanced. What do you do? Yeah, so we kind of passed the threshold uh, a week ago 
maybe a week or 10 days ago where there was no way that uh, we were going to play equal number of games. It just became impossible. And so um, at that point, they started looking at other metrics that would, they talked about win percentage, they talked about uh, net ranking, um, and they've kind of gone back and forth. But uh, you just can't use, everything is non-traditional. So for, for seeding in the tournament, you just can't use uh, just straight up record anymore. I was talking with uh, one of Gonzaga's assistant coaches before the game last night, and he said, yeah, the time's going to come where you know, teams in the league have to address what's best for 10 teams, what's best for the top one or number of teams in terms of how this thing all shakes out. We're going to have to know, you know somewhat soon on this, I would think. Yeah, and it's, it's like everything's on the fly. I mean, um, you know, we, you know we, we were up late last night and then, and then early this morning trying to schedule games for Thursday across the country. So uh, everything is kind of happening. It's really dynamic and, and fluid and exciting, and I, I suspect that we'll probably, uh, even when we don't have COVID, we'll want to continue on this way uh, for the near for, for foreseeable future just so we can keep everybody interested. No, I'm, I'm a creature of habit. <laughs> I like my routines, and they're, they're all over the place this year. Me too. Well, it was, uh, it was last Thursday that uh, BYU set, as we mentioned, a new program record for largest away victory margin against a Division I opponent in that 105-60 win at Portland. It was the first BYU start for Gideon George, who proved that night what he's been proving since arriving stateside. And that is, he's a special player and person, as we learn in tonight's episode of Deep Blue, presented by America First Credit Union. Gideon comes from a place with no power, no running water. He's got those big shoulders because he carried 10-gallon buckets of water to the well every week. He slept outside most of the time because it was too hot in the house. He's probably had malaria more times than he can count. His breakthrough moment, he heard that there was this kind of basketball tryout. He had to get on a bus and try, and it's not like a bus like we know. First day of the camp happens, and, and you know he definitely stands out as just a great kid. A second day, still really good, but kind of tired. It's 100 degrees out, and these kids are playing, you know, six hours on a broken concrete court with busted rims. Come to find out some of the people that were on the ground that were supposed to be helping us from O'Weary had charged the kids to play in the camp and hadn't told anybody. And so they took all of the money that Gideon and his friends and some other people that had come to this camp that they were supposed to use for staying somewhere and eating. His ability to get through something like that, to continue to show up and, and you know, give 100% and never complained, right? We found out about it because of somebody else, not him. None of the other kids said a word. They were just grateful for the opportunity to be there, even if that meant sleeping outside, being chased by the police, and not eating for days. He doesn't allow like this situation to define him. No matter what he finds himself, he just keeps walking. He's an individual um, that understands what he wants. He showed out at the camp and was the number one player in the camp. When we kind of figured out that, you know, okay, this is, there's potential here for, for this kid to go to college, um, you know, he'd been denied a visa five or six times already. And it does cost a lot of money to get these interviews. So I think it costs close to about four, $500. $500 is a lot of money in America compared to Nigeria. His father probably makes about $100 a month. So just imagine, so it's like a four, five month salary just to get an interview. Anytime I want to quit, I don't know what's inside me that keep pushing me to like keep going because I believe that I think there's something out there better for me than in Nigeria. So that's why I keep applying. I just have the faith that one day I'm going to get a visa and I'm going to share my story out there. 
to encourage people to say to keep pushing and not never to give up. You know, a kid with no organized basketball experience for the most part that grew up playing on a dirt court with a plywood backboard and basketballs with no grips and a lot of times no shoes showed up at New Mexico Junior College and won freshman of the year and arguably the hardest league in all of junior college basketball. And I, I think people are seeing at BYU now that coming out in him. Gideon George, he averaged 14 and a half points last year at New Mexico Junior College. He shot 50% from the field. Officially like to present this crown for King of the Glass this morning to our good friend Gideon George. Let's go! Character, his personality, his work ethic, his skill, right? All these things that, like, he's got more ability in his little finger than most people have in their whole body, and, and not even just basketball ability, but ability to overcome and adapt and things like that. So when I get to America, I went to one of my teammates' room back there in New Mexico at the dorms. He looked in the trash and saw a pair of shoes and was like, what, 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 what is happening? You're throwing those away? And he was like, yeah, they're a little worn out. And sometimes if you get sore, if I wear them, he's like, can I have them? I just thank God because of his grace and his mercy towards us and his love. And my parents are like hardworking. They always do their best to provide for us like all the time. So that's it, man. Growing up, it wasn't that easy. And so from that day, Gideon started collecting all the shoes to send back to his home country. And then as you dig in the story more, those were the shoes that he was wearing growing up. He was getting shoes from the same organization that were being shipped from the United States to Africa. And they enabled him to actually go on a court and, and play the way he learned how to play. Gideon was able to benefit from time off for Africa. And the fact that he's made it to the United States, he feels like he has to give back. Shoes that I didn't wear or any, any of his teammates, women's basketball, track, cross country. I mean, they literally, he just started asking and asking. You know, we had a game to where you get in free if you bring your shoes. He's still figuring out which end is up when he's, you know, suddenly thrust into this college environment in, in America. And he's thinking of everybody else back home that doesn't have the same opportunity. And so we think about you know, a shoe drive is like, oh, that's great. These kids have shoes. But what we don't think about is that the highest transmission of disease in Africa is through their feet because they don't have proper shoes. And so it's more than I have shoes to wear to school. I have shoes to wear to church. I have shoes to wear on a basketball court. It's actually protecting the health and livelihoods of those people over there. And when he hit the ground in New Mexico, that was one of the first things that came to mind, not great, I'm in America, I have all these resources, look at all the things that are available to me now. He looked at it from the standpoint of, look at all the resources that are available for me to help somebody else. So the fact that, you know, he's benefited from us, now we're benefiting from him. Because the program is getting, you know, a lot more, you know, known in the area just because of these donations. Encourages the kids to play more and be successful. So that's definitely you're making an impact. That's someone that gets it, right? That's someone that gets that things are bigger than him. And whether he never makes another basket again doesn't matter, right? It's Gideon George is going to have an impact on this planet because of who he is, not because of who he is as a basketball player. And that's special. And, and that's something that, you know, has definitely changed me. And he changes everybody else that he interacts with. 
Well, for a, a for a young man, I know what she's done already. Come on, I mean, it's, it's just it's, it's just amazing. Like these these stories that these these young men have uh, and where Gideon comes from and who he is 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 just remarkable and. It just is so beautiful that um, all of us are getting to know him better. And, and uh, you know, at some point there's going to be fans in the gym and we'll really get to know him better. And he just is, he's, he is 100% as good as he seems and better. That's exactly what I was thinking uh, as I was watching that. You know, whether it's a chance to sign an autograph or shake a hand or storm a court to embrace Gideon George. The fans haven't had that chance yet. Yep. And yeah, we get glimpses of them and we ha- but that's going to be one of the best things about getting it back to, you know, normal is yep. to have the chance for these fans to kind of embrace this guy uh who I think they all want to, right? Yeah. And he is uh, I mean it's it's in some ways none of us can relate to his life experience, right? Um but he's got such a big heart and such a kind heart and he lets you into his world and he kind of lets you feel who he is and what he's about and that kind of that bond that he certainly has formed with all of his teammates who love him so dearly and, and the staff, uh, and, and it's going to continue to grow with fans. is going to be really special, and he's going to leave his fingerprints on BYU, and he's going to be remembered here forever, not just for what he does on the court, but what he's going to accomplish off the court and how he's going to affect the world. And if I can add, you know, this Brandon Goble, who, who was running the camp in Africa and actually brought Gideon George over, um, there's a lot of people that are kind of like um, – working in that area of, of just trying to, you know, he, he runs a JUCO advocate, which is really the organization that's taken over all of junior college basketball. And sometimes you run into people that are agenda-driven and, and trying to kind of work on things for their own person. And this Brandon Goebel is one of the best human beings you will ever meet in your life. And when he talks, he actually means it. When he says, this is about providing these young people with opportunities, he means it. And so you just think about, you know, you got to see three people that were intimately involved in Gideon's Mm -hmm. life so far. And he's been also really blessed to have extraordinary people, none more so than than Brandon Goble, who's just an extraordinary person and is doing unbelievable work for our world, like literally changing young men's lives. It's pretty awesome to watch. Another awesome deep blue on a great guy. Good stuff. All right, let's uh, head to break. And we'll tell you that right now, right now, on the other side of this BYU TV app, the 12th-ranked women's volleyball team is playing Gonzaga. BYU won the first set, 25-17. Gonzaga, though, just took set two, 25-22. That's a live look in over at Smith Fieldhouse. BYU back at it versus Gonzaga again tomorrow, 6 Eastern, on the BYU TV app. After this break, we get the locker room scoop on Alex Barcelo in tonight's Cougar Q&A. And we'll take your questions from social media for Coach Pope. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. America First Credit Union, we're here to help. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Zion's Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And by Qualtrics. Cougars and the Pros, Cougars and the Pros. Everybody knows the Cougars and the Pros. Presented by Deseret News. Jimmer Fredette, 33 points for the Shanghai Sharks in a win for the Sharks last Friday. Eric Mika playing in Serbia. Brandon Davies for Barcelona and Elijah Bryant for Maccabi Tel Aviv. You see their most recent results. 
And stateside, Jake Toulson and Yoli Childs prepping for the NBA's G League bubble at Disney World this week. The two former teammates facing off on Wednesday with uh, Toulson representing the Salt Lake City Stars and Childs with the uh, Erie Bayhawks. You've seen those two guys on the floor together, probably in some practice situations. Uh, how do you think that's going to turn out if they end up with each oh, other? Oh, man, I can't wait. Like, I'm so, <laughs> Wednesday is like Christmas morning. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch. Uh, you know, they both had scrimmages on Saturday. Jake has been playing the point. Hmm. Um, which he was so excited to tell me because the whole time here and he was like, he's like, I should be playing the point. He's like, finally, I go to the league and now those guys are smart enough to play me at the point. But he, he knocked down four threes in their scrimmage and, and uh, Yoli started in his scrimmage at the four. And, and um, they've, uh, there's also already been some banter to, uh, about who's going to actually not let uh, the other person get any shots. So it, it's just a perfect way for them to start their, their NBA, their professional careers. I'm, I'm really excited for both of them awesome uh each week on the pope show we get to know the guys by talking to their teammates and tonight we get the good word on alex barcelo it's cougar q a presented by zions bank we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business something that's really special special about alex is he's always making his team with uh, teammates better great dude to talk to great leader great character alex is super upbeat, super positive all the time. One of the smartest players I've ever played with. He was the guy the coach were like, this is the man you gotta call right here. He went through this exact same process, so I feel like we really relate. Whatever he puts, you know, his heart into, he's gonna give 110%. You know, if it's basketball, if it's school, you know, if it has to do with, the, with a certain lady, he's always gonna give 110%. Constantly in guys' ears, just hyping him up, talking him up. He's always thinking about the game, always talking about it. I go to him for everything. Stuff on the court, stuff off the court. He's the person I talk to. Man, he's like a mentor, I think, to all of us in a way. He's honestly one of my best friends. Like, he's, he's just a good dude. He, he means well to everyone. He's just really an energetic guy and super nice, and I love laughing with him and making jokes with him off the court. And when we're in the locker room, it's just fun being with him. It's an all-out war uh, when you're up against him. He's funny. I mean, he cracks jokes. He's still got that intensity to him, but he's just a, you know, he's a nice guy. He always has that competitive edge, but then as soon as practice is over, he's going to be your best friend again. I think that's huge. I think that's something that's hard to do. He's a, he's a great, great leader and a great, great friend, that's for sure. All right, then to Alex Barcelo, clearly um, the, the leader of this BYU basketball team from the get-go. And it's pretty great uh, because he wasn't designated as a leader. We didn't name him the captain. We didn't have some meeting and say, hey, you know, Alex Barcelo is going to run this deal. He just, um, he just earned that uh, trust from his teammates and, and jumped in full-fledged. And, and you, you, unanimously, everybody on the team would point to him as the guy that they want to follow and that they, wanna, that they believe in and that they trust. And, and they know how invested he is in them. And it's really great when that happens organically. That's really the only way it can happen. And it certainly happened for this team this year. He scored a 20 or more now in two of his last three games as well, picking up the scoring pace right now. Yep, and um, it's the least and most important thing he does. Uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, he actually, I thought one of his best performances of the entire 
season was at Portland where he had 12 points and, uh, you know, his stat line wasn't uh, screaming at you from the page, but he was so complete and dominating every single facet of the game that's more important than what's on the stat sheet. So he's been playing great basketball, and that's what, that's what seniors do, and that's what leaders do down the stretch. All right, that's our Cougar Q&A. Time now for some social media Q&A for Coach Pope, presented by Smith's Fresh for Everyone. And our first question uh, asks Coach Pope, uh, what do you think of Mark Few's recommendation, given after the game last night, to have an abbreviated WCC tournament in Spokane with top teams in the WCC? Well, far be it for me to question anything that Mark Few says, because he seems to have all the answers. It drives me crazy. In fact, we were talking, we were talking after the game. I mean, he's, he's, such a, he's just such a good person. It makes me so angry. And I told him, I, we, we, talk, we were dealing, talking about some issues that, that have kind of come up within the league, and then we finished, and he's walking away. He's like, I, I told him, I'm like, I love you so much, and I hate you, because he keeps kicking our tail. But... Um, you know, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. That's all going to work itself out. You know what I like? I like the fact that we're having every possible conversation in real time so that nothing's going to take us by surprise because we're coming down to the end here and we're going to have to make some decisions and hopefully everyone's kind of churning through the ideas and the thought process and, and going to figure it out. And the good news is Zag's clearly in position. You're in position. WCC is kind of staking that reputation as an annual multi-bid entrance yes. in this thing. And we have two teams that are squarely in right now and that's important for the league. I mean, it's important financially for the league. And, and uh, so, you know, we'll figure out the best way to proceed, and, and, and it'll happen. But, um, you know, I mar- Coach Few does swing a big stick in this league. So a lot of times when he says something, it's kind of like that's what's going to happen. So we'll see. Let's go to question two from uh, Steve Larson. Under what circumstances would you consider using extended pressure before desperation time? It seems this might be a good use of depth, and you have many players who would do well in applying pressure. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's um, you know, that's the way I grew up playing. Uh, that's the way I played in college. Um, I, th- I think it's, um, it's, it's found a little bit of a space in college basketball right now uh, with just a few teams. Um, but it's something, I think, to be effective at it, you have to be 100% committed Otherwise, it just becomes like a punch, like a, a little trinket that you can throw out there once in a while. And um, uh, so, so someday, uh, hopefully in the near rather than the, the farther future, I would love to play that way. I think it's a great way to play. I don't know if you can do it in college now. I'm not, I'm not sure if you can do it consistently, um, but it sure is a fun way to play, man. It's a fun, 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 fun way to watch basketball, and um, I would be excited if we get there someday. Do the current metrics you alluded to earlier, though, indicate that, that the plan you've got right now is, is working for this group? Yeah, I mean, this, is, you know, this has been the best defensive uh, unit that BYU's had for a decade, uh, metrics-wise. And, and um, what these guys are doing on the defensive end has been really good. Now, can we get better? I think so. Um, and and it's, it's something super intriguing to kind of add a pressure component to the game. Um, and then, you know, maybe that's something we'll be able to look to more uh, as we move forward. Okay. On the latest BYU SN right now, it's a three for three special. Watch it on the BYU Sports Nation social media channels. Coming up, Connor Harding joins the show. And later, we ask the weekly question what happened? This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. Well, tonight's player guest 
is as consistent as they come. After all, he's averaged the same amount of points in all three of his seasons. He's a baller. He's married to a baller as well. His name is Connor Harding. And Connor joins us live from the BYU Basketball Annex this evening. Hello, Connor. And first of all, can you testify to the, uh, to the length of, of today's film and practice sessions for us, please? Yes, um, it was a long one today, but uh, it was uh, well needed for our team. Um, I always think, you know, like a hard, hard, hard practice, just to be competitive is always good. So, you know, competitive practice is better than, than any other practice you can possibly have. But it was a long one. How would you characterize the guys' response after a tough one last night when they came in today? You know, I just think just realizing our potential um, you know, we lost and we did a lot of things that we haven't done this year, offensively, defensively, and especially against a very good Gonzaga team. And I think coach said in the locker room, he said it better than anyone else. We have a lot left in the tank. And I, and I believe that because I have, I don't believe we've played a game, um, all 40 minutes yet as a team collectively. And so when that happens, you know, it's going to be all fireworks and it's going to be fun. So we haven't done that yet, and I, and I believe we're about there. There's just, like, this point we have to break, and we just can't let it break us. What do you lean on Connor for, Coach Pope, primarily? Wow. I mean, I mean we've talked about this a lot, right, what an incredible leader he is for this team. Um, and Connor is maybe not the vocal leader of this team, but in terms of, like, the character and the commitment to this team, he is the leader, uh, and there's not a close second. Um, you know, he's, he, he brings an unbelievable consistency uh, to what we do. Um, he's, he's, he's contributed to this team from every different uh, kind of role that you could play. Um, we have zero chance, no chance of being where we are, none at all, without Connor Harding doing what he's done for us this season. He's been incredible. Connor, how, how would you describe your evolving role with this year's team? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is my basketball IQ and being able to teach um, other players um, when they come off the sideline or in practice or in the game and just getting them mentally prepared and being able to understand, like, our principles on the defensive side, offensive side. Um, playing quarterback, it, it obviously helps me to, like, if Pope draws up a play, I kind of know all the moving pieces and where people are going to be. And so just, just yelling at them just to go over here in the corner, the spacing, and, and just be able to let them like play their game while I help them out. And so that's one aspect of it. And then this year, I think I've been a little more vocal, like before every single game, they're like, you know, Connor, like, what do you have to say to us? And I think I have their, their attention most of the time. And, you know, People trust me. I trust my teammates. And so, you know, a team built on trust can go a long way. Coach Pope, how, how do players really react to starter versus reserve when it comes right down to it? And, and, and why is Connor a guy that's been able to function equally well in both, in both situations? Well, I mean, on this team, starting and coming off the bench doesn't really matter. I mean, most of the time our guys coming off the bench score as many or more points and play as many or more minutes than the guys that are starting. So it's, um, it's an unbelievable luxury. And, and Connor has actually paved the way for that to be the truth on this team mm. um, by embracing both roles uh, in such a way that it doesn't seem like it matters to him, right? Um, he just wants to win. Um, so, you know, you talk about the different ways that he's led, and that's been an extraordinary one. Connor, I got a question for you. <laughs> yeah. 
okay? Because, you know, one of the beautiful gifts that Connor gives to me as a coach is I can be really hard on Connor. Sometimes I can actually say what I want to say to other guys on the team by yelling directly at Connor. Uh, and that's a, that's a real gift to have. So, Connor, I, I want you to be serious because we're all family here. Everybody watching the show, you can be totally straight up and honest, and I'm super curious about the answer. What moment this season or last season were you most, like, to your heart and soul, most angry with me? <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, I think it was last season. Um, it was during two-a-days, and Blaze just went off on us. And you turned to me, and you just started going at me. You started going at my friends, at my family. You, you even said something about Paisley, and everyone was like, oh, my goodness. And I, I, I walked off the court, and I was, I was, I, I was mad. Um, but I think that's the time where, yeah, I was most twisted up for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am, first of all, glad that, that, that Connor made time for us at this moment because Paisley, his wife, former Paisley Johnson, now Paisley Harding, is playing. She's live right now. And the BYU women's team is actually playing Pepperdine. We'll give you Paisley's line here in a second. Uh, Coach, off the air, I think you alluded to smack that might be talked. How could there be smack talk about Paisley, Connor? Oh, man, I can't talk smack. She's too, she's too good. Um, she does one thing... I want people to look this up, but I want to see who has the most records for charges in a BYU career because I think she um, she's up there. She took five in one game. I think she averages around like two a game, and that's just absolutely amazing. So, you know, she she does she does a good job. She shoots the ball well. She has a high IQ. But someone needs to look up the the charges. Well, I can't go charges tonight, but I can give you the stat sheet she's filled up so far. Uh, BYU's up at Pepperdine, 47-41 at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Paisley, 11 points, four rebounds, five assists. That's who she is right there, filling up the stat sheet. You guys have that in common, man. You guys both do that well. <laughs> Connor, thanks for, for sure. the time tonight. Always good to be with you, and uh, we'll, let, uh, we'll let Coach Pope wrap it up. Yeah, hey, listen, Connor, I'll say this again publicly, man. Um, uh, all the Cougar Nation is so grateful for you, and, and your fingerprints and DNA are all over this team, and uh, we're all getting to enjoy watch you guys do your work, and uh, there's a lot more work to be done, but we're super grateful for you, man. That's true, and I just want Cougar Nation to know it doesn't matter how you win as long as we win. That's all that matters. So, ugly or not, I just like winning. Hey, next time, so. we, next time we have you on the show, can we have, Jaron, can we have some football highlights? Connor's the quarterback. <laughs> I, I, I have never seen, I never seen the highlights. We got to run that out, man. Let's go. For people who thought that Taysom was the best the Idaho quarterback. They're better. <laughs> <laughs> Connor, thanks again. Have a great night. Thank you so much. Job, Appreciate Connor. it. All right, that's Connor Harding. Great to have him. Uh, Friday and Saturday at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Watch the top-ranked men's volleyball team led by National Player of the Week, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez. Host MPSF rival Pepperdine on BYU TV both of those nights. As we go to break, here's this week's trivia question presented by the BYU Store. Tyler Hawes is BYU's all-time scoring leader, total points. Who's BYU's all-time leader in points per game with at least 75 games played? The answer coming up next.
Trivia time on the Pope Show. Tyler Hawes is BYU's all-time scoring leader. That's total points. But in uh, points per game, who's BYU's all-time leader with at least 75 games played? The answer is Danny Ainge. Almost 21 points per game. Rare air for Mr. Ainge. All right, uh, we've reached the end of the show. Uh, where each week, our production staff reaches into the wide world of video and social media. For the best of the rest, a little feature we like to call... What happened? What happened anyway? What happened? All right, this is, uh, you know, they say you've got to be your own best cheerleader sometimes, and that's, that's Trevin Nell. He's like, yeah, I feel good about myself, having just made a three from the top of the key. He's the Stuart Smalley of the BYU basketball program. I think Trev was flexing on the way down the floor so he would look, you know, after he made the (laughs) shot, he's like, I know the camera's coming back to me. All right, uh, this is uh, is agility. Keep the dribble alive by Brandon Averett. Just making sure Caleb Lohner doesn't get in his way. We need to see more of this, This is a standard agility agility drill in most most Pope practices. Finding a way. (laughs) Brandon Averett is a a really phenomenal athlete. By the way, he got to 1,000 career points last night. We should have talked more about that with BAS. Fantastic. Uh, We're just showing this because of the Fu Manchu action going on here. With the headband, no less. Yep. And I tell you what, he's a heck of a player, man. He, He really... He really took it to us a little bit. He's a, he's a terrific, terrific talent and plays the game the right way. All right, uh, visual aid time. This may have arrived in the, uh, the mailbox of uh, folks over the last week. And this is, uh, this is Coach Pope for BYU. He is a slam dunk here at BYU. Y Magazine and Jeff Call doing a nice feature on you. A really interesting uh, choice for the cover. So we, we did a, you know, a couple hours uh, worth of photos for the cover shoot, but they had to pick the one where you couldn't really see my face. You're obscured by water. They didn't want to scare anybody away. <laughs> we had this gem as well from the, uh, from the interior of the magazine as well. Happy days, man. Hi, Jinx. Hi, Jinx. Hi, Jinx alert. Mm. All right. Uh, we had a tweet from a fellow named Joe Nelson who said, uh, he's made an observation. He said, Spencer Johnson looks like one of the soldiers in the movie 1917. We thought the same thing. We thought, well, how would that really turn? Oh, Looks just like we look just like that. He does, man. Yeah. He carries himself that way. He is. He listen. He he does everything. He's working on perfection, and so he's a he's a he's a great leader on our team. All right, and uh, we're two days ago from the 17-year anniversary of Coach Robinson doing this uh, for Stanford against Arizona. Fantastic stuff. Uh, never gets tired of seeing that. And then uh, lastly, we're going to close out. It's not basketball, but it's this. Maddie Allen with a triple dig situation. Coach Pope, one and two and three. You've got to love that. Wow. Unbelievable. I mean, how great are our volleyball teams? So many programs at BYU. It's going nuts right how now. How great is the name Gabby Garcia Fernandez? Also great. Come we on. Have, we have five seconds. You want to say goodnight? Yes, I do. I want to say goodnight. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs>